Hey, it's Chris. Welcome to the podcast. I got my invitation to the Apple event. It doesn't look like I'm going to be invited personally this time from the looks of things. So I'll probably be watching this uh, just, you know, on the TV or probably in my office, just like everybody else. And I just want to talk a little bit about what does that invite mean? If you haven't seen it, it says far out and it's kind of got uh, some starry, starscapey looking thing that kind of forms the loose outline of the Apple logo. And there's an AR a piece embedded in it that you can activate and you know the stars kind of swoop around and change around and, and come back and it's the Apple logo again. The Apple event's coming up quickly, uh, I think on the 7th, right? Is that right? And of course, we talked about this recently here. It's uh, gonna be the iPhone 14 event with who knows what all else. And uh, you know, it's always kind of interesting to speculate a little bit what we might actually be looking at here with this invitation. Is there a hint embedded within it? Sometimes there is, and sometimes there's not. So for instance, uh, when the iPhone 12 came out uh, and had 5G, then there was an invitation that was sent out that said, hi, comma, speed. And so obviously speed, 5G, that was an actual hint. Then there was also this multicolored logo that was used for the April 2021 event, which basically ended up pointing towards the iMac colors that got announced at that one. And then you might remember the peak performance. It was P-E-E-K performance, and that brought us the M2 chip, the Ultra, which is the fastest uh, that Apple ever produced. So yeah, I mean, oftentimes there is a hint. And so the question is, is there a hint in this invitation? I actually think there might be in this one. And uh, I'm gonna run through a couple of the plausible, the most plausible uh, guesses that I've seen out there. The, I think the least likely one, um, if I had to rank it, would be Gruber's prediction that maybe far away, far out means far away in terms of some kind of product that could be coming out. Apple's just gonna give like a preview of it, like maybe the, an AR VR headset type of thing. That's one guess. That's the least fun to think about. My first reaction when I saw this was that, oh, far out. Maybe that has something to do with a periscopic zoom finally coming to the iPhone. That'd be fun. I've been waiting for that for a long time. You know, something's far out and you bring it closer, uh, get a different perspective, you know, kind of like the AR thing that you see with this invitation with all the stars swirl swirling around. It's a different perspective. I don't know. I think that's probably reaching because the rumors so far seem to be pointing to next year for the periscopic zoom to finally come. Another uh, option and when you look at the invitation, this maybe seems like the most uh, straightforward interpretation of a potential hint here is, are we gonna get some kind of new astrophotography mode? Which, let's be honest, that that is not something that should be like a headlining keynote type of feature. That should be like a little side note somewhere, not even talked about at the event basically, because who's gonna use that? It's neat or like interesting from just, oh, your phone could do that kind of thing but it's not practical. Like nobody's out there like, I'm gonna be an astrophotographer, you know, now and, and do this. You know, a few people are gonna really geek out about that. The general population isn't gonna care or use it. So uh, that could make some sense just based on, you know, the visuals of the invitation. But the thing that I actually think could make the most sense here is that we've been seeing some rumors of uh, Apple maybe implementing some sort of uh, you know, range enhancement with your iPhone so that if you're out of traditional cell phone range, 
you, let's say you're hiking, you know, up in the mountains or something, uh, and you need to use your phone to make a call. Well, they're looking at integrating or implementing some sort of satellite coverage, you know, sort of like you get with the military or something. That actually sounds like it's probably potentially going to happen at some point anyways. And uh, that could be something, I don't know. I just have this gut feeling that says that maybe seems the most realistic of all of this stuff, especially even with the stars. Like maybe you're out under the stars, right? Camping or something in the middle of nowhere uh, and you can use the satellite mode to make a phone call. That still goes. It still makes sense. And, you know, it's it required a, a little extra, you know, mental work to get there versus astrophotography. But I don't know. It just seems a little bit more plausible. The other reason why I think that's a little bit more plausible potentially is because, you know, Elon Musk and T-Mobile have announced what some people are just calling vaporware, which isn't really a diss. It's just saying uh, nothing exists yet to actually show off. Some some sort of uh, an, a satellite type of phone coverage plan uh, that T-Mobile and Elon Musk might be coming out with to offer people. Trying to, like, announce that ahead of Apple, maybe, uh, would be sort of the thinking. Uh, so yeah, that's another thing that might lend a little credence to that particular rumor. I don't know. That's all I got. Unless... Uh, they're all going to come out dressed as hippies or something. Far out, man, right? None of those sound uh, incredibly exciting, but of course, what what can you really expect? It's the iPhone. It's, you know, 97, 98% similar every single year with these little changes. And, and you know, we've discussed this many times, especially in my iPhone versus Android video. You know, it's part of what you like about Apple stuff. Typically, the average consumer is that you know what you're getting. It's no huge surprise. It's just going to be reliable and work and uh, do the things that a phone's supposed to do really well instead of trying to, you know, create some crazy new form factor just, you know, to, to get some headlines. So I don't know. Um, it should still be an interesting event. And hopefully there's more to the story and it's a little bit more interesting. Maybe, you know, the notch gets reduced to a pinhole type of thing or something. Uh, maybe we're going to get some kind of new thermal cooling. I've seen that. Uh, rumor floating around, but that's something on the inside. Uh, it's just, it, we're getting to the point where we need something really big instead of just making, trying to make little things feel really big to get like super excited. I'm not not excited about the event. It's just, I'm not expecting to have my mind blown either. Let's see, if you missed it this week, uh, I did put out a video. I put out a couple of videos, but uh, the one I want to talk about right now, it was the iPad Pro versus the MacBook Pro. Uh, it was called a winner emerges <laughs> video. And, uh, this one was interesting. I, I traditionally, I've done this video several times over the years and it's usually very popular. It was a little less popular this year. And I think that's because things have changed quite a bit, even the last three, four years with the iPad pro versus MacBook pro. Actually, this video isn't performing even as well as my iPad pro versus MacBook air video, which tells you a lot there, I think. It, that tells you which devices people actually consider more to be rivals. And when I say rival, I just mean, you know, most people just don't have an unlimited budget. The vast majority of people to just buy two devices at, at a time or, or just multiple things, you know, they're thinking like, which device should I get? Not which devices, but which device. And when it came to the MacBook Air versus the iPad Pro, obviously just based on the amount of clicks that that thing's getting versus this latest video, you know, those are things that people are actually looking at as alternatives to each other. The iPad Pro and the MacBook Pro though, it's very apparent to me, and this is something that you can't just derive just without some some data, right? So I feel like I have a little bit of an inside view here. Um, 
that that people very much and also from the comments consider these to be a pair a duo like you should just get both not everybody um and the video my video really didn't uh come down and say hey you know what like this is the device that's better than the other one for everybody i didn't take that approach at all i was just trying to give you a framework um so that you could decide if you had to pick between the two like which one should you get that's really what the video was and i think it hit some interesting points um just anyways outside of that discussion things to think about when you're buying a device but it's very interesting to hear the feedback and the comments and to look at the view count versus the other video and and to just see like hey it's apple's like marketing either their marketing or the actual products are just just hitting right hitting the market right that uh it's you know i don't want to say the brainwashing right apple wants people to buy both of these right they would love that um and some people are like no they've they've done this on purpose they've made it so that you you know you can't just do everything that you want on either one of them. So you, so you kind of have to get both. Um, and it's great for Apple because then they make more money. Well, I've always found that, like I said in the video, I'd be, I would hate to have either of these evaporate, you know, but if one evaporated, uh, you know, it's clear that my business would continue on if I had the one and it wouldn't without the other, right? I can get by uh, with one being gone. And that was kind of my main conclusion. So there was a winner for me personally, but, uh, so many people were like, both, both, I need both. And on, not only that, but they were happy to get both. They wanted to get both. They wanted to have both, wanted to spend the money to get both. So this just shows you like in the pro segment, you know, and when we say pro, yes, we're talking about how Apple chose to label these devices, but also, you know, professional, you're using this for your career, uh, to make money, you know, as part of your job, you need it because it has the the extra capacity, you know, you're less limited. Well, when you're less limited, I guess you're just less limited in general because the type of people that are watching this video and making these comments, um, so many of them are just, you know, saying, hey, my budget is not limited, so I'm gonna get both. Now, not everyone is saying that, right? There was a lot of people who were like, hey, thanks for helping me sort this out, because I, you know, obviously they do need to pick one, especially students, right? <laughs> Somebody said, MacBook Pro has a calculator, so. That's it. It's the winner. That is never going to go away, is it? Uh, there was one person who was like, as a student and a designer slash photographer, I need both. You know, dot, dot, dot. It, it goes on. And then somebody responded to that, and they were like, yeah, this. The devices in Apple's ecosystem, they're designed to work together. And people who compare these devices as replacements for one another, they're looking at it from the wrong angle. This is an apples to oranges comparison. So clearly that's a person who's never, ever watched the channel ever before. Uh, when I've talked about using these things and demoed things like universal control and are all over the place. It's funny how everyone's like a little expert on things, right? With very little context. Seeing a lot of uh, the, the comment that an iPad, whatever one, the Air, the Pro, it's really just a bigger iPhone. I, I see that all the time, which is unfair. That's not true. You know what's really funny in this latest video here? The watch that I'm wearing, I'm still wearing that Withings because obviously the Apple event hasn't hit and uh, I haven't gotten the new apple watch <laughs> the watch was dead so i'm still used to this thing it's still so new uh this withings scan watch whatever it is horizon that i hadn't had to charge it yet and so i just put it on and i was wearing it and then i realized i, I glanced down i wasn't even wearing it <laughs> which shows you how often i actually look at this thing <laughs> when it's on my wrist versus an apple watch which is always uh give me notifications and stuff I looked at it and I realized, oh, that's not the right time. And then I realized it was dead. It's like, how long did I, was I wearing this? Was it 
an hour? Was it a day? I don't even know um, how long I had this thing on with the wrong time, which says a lot about its functionality, doesn't it? But it was just dead for this whole video. So if you catch a glimpse of it, it's the same time in the entire video, <laughs> which is just pointless. It's basically just a matter of it's a wardrobe piece. It's just a prop almost in this latest video. I am uh, finding that I really miss the Apple Watch, but I kind of hate that because it's gone so mainstream like I've talked about so many times. You know, it's kind of weird. Um, this week, I started doing something a little bit different, and I hinted at this in a video in, in that I kind of showed this happening, but uh, it's not something that I really would say I had done regularly um, before, but uh, I've noticed, so you guys know, I've got the LG monitor right in front of me at my desk, I got the MacBook Pro over to the right, and sometimes the iPad over on the left, and oftentimes I wake up pretty early to get stuff done, you know, because I've got several different side projects going on, and uh, that's a great time to get some stuff done when it's nice and quiet, and your mind is fresh, pour myself a nice coffee and get going, but um, depending on the type of tasks that I have to do at the time, you know, if I'm editing a video, I can't do this. Uh, but let's say I'm just like, you know, when I was doing a bunch of the wallpaper packs, it was just like kind of mindless work. And it was very repetitive and it was like copy and paste here and save here and upscale this. And, you know, these same repetitive steps times a million for all the different files. Well, I started just like having YouTube or, uh, well, yeah, YouTube open over on the other one and just like having a concert going and, uh, and watching it. I don't know if you guys have ever done this or, 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 you know, you can have anything going. It doesn't have to be music. It could just be like a, a lecture or a talk, which by the way, depending on who you are, you're like a lecture. Who wants to listen to that? It sounds boring for me. I love a great lecture. It has to be on a topic that I like, like uh, I've been finding some pretty obscure, obscure uh, videos to be watching on the topic of refuting nominalism lately, which don't even get me started on that. But I had a, a concert going and it was great. It was like a, an hour long video and it kind of let my mind think about and concentrate on something else other than like what was right in front of me, which is funny. So you don't want to do this <laughs> for something that you really do need to concentrate on and think deeply about. But that set me about thinking about like, well, what are the best concerts out there you know, to check out? I think bands are so different. They have different stage presence obviously uh, different show mechanics going on and crowds can be different too, by the way, They're, that really adds a lot to the show, uh, how the crowd reacts. And um, it's kind of, it's kind of a fun thing to kind of explore, you know, like what are the best concerts and not necessarily the band, you know, like the concert experience. I kind of gone down a little bit of a rabbit hole there, I guess. Although I don't know if you've ever had this, but one of the bands, I was like, I hadn't checked in with this band for quite a while and see what they're up to. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, COVID was going on. And they had a, a new live show, one new show, uh, you know, after all the lockdowns and stuff was up, checked it out. And uh, so far, so good. It was kind of entertaining. And then it auto played a video after that. And then I ran into some of the band's ideology and was like, oh, man, I, I can't watch these guys anymore. I can't support that. And that was unfortunate because they're ruined to me now. And uh, what's annoying is their songs are still stuck in my head. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> going through the day kind of like, humming, whistling, you know, one of their songs like, no, don't sing that. So I don't know if you ever had something like that. There's a, there's a new DJI drone that's out. It's the Avata, I guess. Avata, Avata, I'm going to say Avata. 
A-V-A-T-A. They're calling it a flight experience drone, I guess. So, you know, uh, the, the typical specs, I think it's a different form factor than other drones, although they're all very similar, right? But it's got 4K video, um, you know, some good stabilization, uh, small, compact, that's good, low latency transmissions. But its main thing is uh, it has an immersive flight experience. So you put the goggles on so you feel like you're flying through the air. And it's got this interesting intuitive motion controller. So you just kind of like, it's like a joystick. You hold it and, you know, however you move your hand, that is what flies the drone. And it should have good uh, obstacle avoidance. So, you know, the video is showing it flying through a canyon sort of. And I assume that in those tight quarters, it's uh, smart enough to like not hit the sides kind of. And you don't have to be exactly precise with where you're aiming it. Um, I can only imagine all the engineering craziness that went into that to make that the case. So it's interesting um in that it isn't just it doesn't look like it's really just about you know like getting some cool video or a cool photo angle or something like i think you would think a lot of drones are kind of like i think a lot of it um as i say on the website is just about feeling the rush from the quote-unquote cockpit so it's just like you feel like you're flying i think that's really what this is about sort of like a real life video game in a way and yes you can also film and stuff too and a lot of people will make that the primary goal of this thing although if you're super into cinematography and, and filming and stuff then of course there are bigger more expensive crazier more capable drones for that kind of thing and actually just seeing the demo video it does when i say video game it does really just look like uh, they're, they're flying around like a desert game. It looks like you're in a Star Wars game or something, um, flying around. And actually, I guess the goggles and stuff, <laughs> and, the, and the thing almost looks like a Star Wars alien or something too, with the little antenna sticking up there. So it, it does look kind of interesting. And uh, it's vying for a spot in the newsletter. Maybe it's going to be the accessory, the featured accessory of the week. Maybe not. You don't know yet. I'm about to do the newsletter right now. Well, I shouldn't say I. I uh, help with the newsletter, but I don't actually put it out. I mean, I help decide what goes in it, but you know what I mean. But here's what's funny. Every time I see a new drone, right, I'm not some big uh, adventure vlogger or something, right? So when I see one, I'm not like, oh, yeah, I can take that on my next trip, and, okay, I can get all these cool cinematic angles and stuff. Well, no, what do I do? I sit around at my desk, and I, you know, commute down to the studio, you know, like that's where I spend a lot of my work day in these two rooms. So I'm always sitting there trying to figure out how could I use (laughs) this crazy new drone, you know, in my workflow, in my desk, because I do shoot, right? The thing is, if you could turn the noise off and get rid of all the downdraft, is it updraft or downdraft? Because it was going on, whatever, get rid of the the air, you know, uh, shooting all around your office. Uh, then that would be awesome because you get any kind of angle. I wouldn't have to use my stands, you know, to get some crazy high up angle or it could like rotate around. You wouldn't have to use a slider. I'm always thinking along these uh, pathways like, how can I implement this? You know, when I'm down there doing a multicam shoot, you know, stick, can I stick it in the corner and be quiet enough? <laughs> you know, it can like zoom in for some B roll. And the answer is always no, it would never ever work. Um, one time, I don't know three years ago, four years ago, I had some drone that somebody sent to me to test and it was bigger. It was before we had these micro drones. And, uh, I did try to do either tried or actually did use some footage from it, uh, for a desk setup, uh, video, which you can do if you have nothing light on there, like no paper that can blow around or, or light accessories, uh, like the Apple pencil or something, I'll blow around a little bit. 
when the drone's flying around. But if you're doing any kind of dialogue or talking, it's just impossible. There's absolutely no way to do it. Trust me, I've tried, I've thought about it. It would be cool, but there's just no way. Alas, yet another drone that uh, that I'm not going to pull the trigger on, even though it it's interesting. There's something about a good drone that's just fun. It's a It's a cool tech toy, but one that I will not get my hands on, especially because this thing is... 1388 if you get the pro view combo if you just get the thing with no remote control at all it's like 629 so if you're just getting it for fun i mean it's like more than an xbox setup or a playstation you know pretty funny so anyways um i'm gonna i'm gonna cut it off here not gonna ramble for too long um interesting to be talking about the the event that's coming up and we'll see how that shakes out here shortly you know i got a bunch of uh something else i need to do today i got a bunch of apple uh review units that are here that have kind of built up that I need to get wiped, um, clean those off with my own data and sent back. You know, they send you like a prepaid label and you just box it all back up. It's really not that bad, but you know, even a drive somewhere to go mail that, it ends up taking you way longer than you think. Do you ever have that? You know, FedEx place like 15 minutes away or something. Well, you go and you drop it off and you come back. I mean, you're gone for like 45 minutes before you know it. The main thing I really need to be working on right now today that I'm excited to work on is the course, the productivity course. So if you haven't yet signed up uh, for a notification when that goes live, I'm working real hard on it. And I'm actually pretty blown away by the people that have given me their email who are interested in this thing, just based off of a description basically uh, on on the link there. But I'll link. I'll put that link down there in the description here, the show notes, so that you can get signed up if you haven't already, or it's in the latest video too. If you're driving or something, you can't get to it right now. So that's it for today, and I'll catch you in the next video. Later.